Hey, Gemsters, and welcome back to another segment. I'm so glad you decided to join us again. For those of you that are new, you're in for a treat. With me today is Andrew Doobie, and he is in the hot seat today. But I'm going to let you know a little bit more about Andrew, and then we're going to dive in to an amazing segment that I like to call Knowledge Share. So Andrew Doobie is an experienced CSO for Leaders Press with a demonstrative history working in the publishing industry and more than 15 years in developing extensive customer sales, support management, and executive experience. Andrew has consistently fostered a productive and enriching work environment to upskill employees and grow business businesses and leverage his knowledge bearing and charisma to generate return business by creating a community of long-term client relationships. Mr. Doobie leverages his strong drive and initiative to remain an agile and adaptable leader, eager to lend his knowledge and experience to drive win-win situations and lasting partnerships in his extensive career and business endeavors. Andrew gained his BS in history from Auburn University at Montgomery in 2000 and was published in Pocket Mentor and Supreme Leadership from Leaders Press on July 27th and January 13th of 2018, respectfully. So without further ado, this is a man with a lot of accolades, but don't let the accolades define him or combine him. Without further ado, let's welcome Andrew Doopey. <laughs> Thank you, Genesis. That was an amazing intro. I, I'm on a lot of podcasts, but that one was really fun. <laughs> My pleasure. And Andy, thank you so much for just sharing and holding space with myself and the fellow Gemsters that are listening. And I always like to allow my guests to connect with the audience in a fun and personal manner. And I do that via a rapid fire 10 question game or an icebreaker. What are you in the mood for? Let's start with the icebreaker. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at answering questions, but rapid fire for me with questions can sometimes end up being 40 minutes. So we'll we'll get to the icebreaker and start going from there. Okay. Y'all ready, y'all? We're breaking the ice. Question. I want you to share something that you have done in your life, Andrew, that others from the outside looking in may have said, is Andrew okay? Are all his screws there? Because to them, it was crazy. But to you, it actually built character personally and professionally. And you learned something about yourself if you did not do it otherwise. I think it probably would be the massive change in career that I did uh, about six or seven years ago when I actually joined Leaders Press. Um, I was a educator <laughs> for, for most of my life. I was in education. I was a history teacher. I was a principal for a while, which is how I got stabbed. A whole nother podcast <gasps> on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, very, very, very fun in the American education system. Uh, but I had developed, well, when I worked at a private school and when I was younger, a lot of sales skills. And my dad was a salesman uh, his entire life. I, I grew up learning from him on the job. And uh, yeah, I, I had tired of the education system in the United States. I tired of being in a classroom. I hated being a principal. And 
I made a decision to move over into a startup company, which was at the time Leaders Press, which had three employees. And uh, we we were making maybe $20,000 a year and were very tiny. And I took a leap of faith. I, I believed in my abilities. I believed in Alinka after I met her, our, our CEO, and, and felt like she was onto something very, very big. And I just jumped right in a lot of people thought i was crazy it's like you're you're in education you're you've been doing this for years you're a published in, in a journal historian you're actually a lot of my college professors said the same thing They're like no I, i'm gonna i'm gonna take a risk on this and it's been extremely successful i've built helped build a company uh for the third time in my life uh from the ground up the first time in publishing ever and it's become one of the top hybrid publishers in the u.s Wow. And that's just insane. And the reason why I say it's insane is because sometimes people know that it's time for them to get outside of their comfort zone, take that leap of faith. But it's actually insane that you saw the writing on the wall and you actually did it and you didn't keep doing the same thing over and over because that's insanity. So you said, you know what, I could be insane and do something just out of the ordinary to other people, or I could stay here and just be quote unquote, living that insanity but you know what i'm gonna take a bet on myself and i'm gonna make that switch over so you have what i like to call genesis is um explosive tnt transition and transformation so let's blow some stuff up today in this episode <laughs> and when you yeah, say and, you and it, was, and it was wonderfully timed too because you know there's there's always the saying that you know sometimes things happen for a reason i'm not sure that that was the case but I do know that I pivoted in my career two years before COVID and was already working from home and got out of education two years before, well, my entire career would have probably fallen apart had I stayed where I was. Oh, wow. So, you know, they, the statement says there's always a reason for the season and there's always a season with the reason. So you were just definitely ahead of the curve. And you know, people are probably like, man, Andrew, I wish I would have did that and just gotten out the um the industry, because let's look at, you know, teaching is not the same as it used to be today to what it was back then. And I feel like a lot of teachers are burnt out. And now some of them are just doing it for the paycheck, and not really because they're actually passionate about it. So I want to thank you for just sharing that. And for those of you that are out there and you're listening, I hope you really dial into this segment because Andrew's going to drop some gems that can help you transition out of that education field if you're led and called to do it. Do it. So, um, Andrew, let's talk about building legacy because that's one of the things that um, you specialize in. And with legacy, definitely comes authority because you have to know who you are and not what you are in order to really build out that legacy. So I want to start first with legacy as a definition, because everyone has their own definition of what they think legacy is or what it should be. So in your words, what do you think legacy is? Well, legacy is in many cases just talking about who you are, what you are, and I think most importantly, why you do what you do. The why is the most important part. When I used to teach history, one of the things that I said uh, to my classes was, okay, this is about who, what, when, where, but it's mostly about why. I don't really care about the others as much as we get down to the why. The why gives you energy to follow the how. So when you're talking about your legacy, you're not just describing how did I do it? What did I do when I was doing? It? Where was I? But you're bringing in the why, and the why is 
going to be that continual thread that's going to define everything that you are. You teach people by teaching them that kind of concept of let's look at it from the direction of what gives me all of that energy. So I think that's what it what a legacy is, is putting all of that together, not just telling the history, but putting it in the context that people can understand. Mm, and I like the fact that you said the why is what drives the how and then the who behind it is you and what what's tied to you internally and how you um, articulate that externally. So for those who may be listening in and they're saying, Andrew, I know what I want to do, but I don't necessarily know if my why supports what. How would you help them really define their why? You need to go back and look at where you are and just ask yourself directly, why am I here? What was it that was the actual initiator that got me to this point in my career? Everybody should have an answer to that. If you don't have an answer to that, that's a really difficult situation. You need to actually begin to then self-actualize and look into yourself and figure out, well, if I don't know why I'm here, then I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be doing this if I have no actual passion that's driving me to do it. Because at that point, what you're doing is you're going into work, you're drawing a paycheck, you're doing what you're doing every day, and you're never going to be happy doing it. And if you're never going to be happy doing it, you're never going to be able to actually build that out into anything that is terribly successful. I think most people in America are stuck in that mindset. I think that we would probably look at this country and you find that 90% of people out there are doing that because they have to, because they've been put in the situation where they haven't been, been set up to, to succeed. And because you know, I don't really want to continue to denigrate our education system, the educational system isn't supporting them in being able to understand those things. It's teaching them the wrong things. Uh, in my experience on my podcast, Leaders Talk, when I talk to CEOs, entrepreneurs, some of them are upwards in the nine, 10 figure range. I've talked to billionaires and that many of them got out of the education system. Many of them don't have college degrees because they understood or the ones that did aren't using it. I'm not using mine because they understood that when they were in that system, they weren't being taught to find out what they actually wanted to do with their life. They were being taught how you do it how you go through these steps, the, the the facts, the dates, the systems. You're not being taught, go into my own self and figure out what it is that makes me happy, what I can contribute and get led down that path. I like that. And I also like the fact that you brought up the education system. And y'all, we're not trying to poo-poo on the education system, no. but we're just trying to say some of the education system needs some um, reforming because what is being taught is not going to fit everybody because there's various learning styles. So I feel like, in my opinion, and just coming from you know a culturally diverse background where my parents are foreigners, um, my mom is West Indian and my dad is from Curacao, is you know, some of the things they learned growing up was totally different than what I learned growing up. And I saw the difference when I went to the Caribbean at a young age. I saw how they were learning and et cetera. Sometimes they teach you how to be a good employee. They don't teach you how to be an owner and how to just walk things out and have those practical tips and stuff. And they don't always want you to ask those questions. So some people like to call me the nosy one in the family. And I'm like, I'm not nosy. I'm inquisitive. And they call my daughter nosy. I'm like, no, she's 13 months. She's not nosy. She's inquisitive. And I, I call them out on it right away because 
I believe in teaching my daughter to ask those questions because the why is what's going to drive you to where you want to go. And that's a part of legacy. If you never stop to really think and analyze and bring those practical things into formation, then you're always going to be following versus leading. And you have to ask yourself, what am I called to do? What makes me tick? What makes me sleep better at night? What makes me have a sense of peace, calmness? And what makes me have a sense of, okay, I know I did something good in the world, not just for me, but for other people, because I truly believe that's tied to a legacy there in a sense. Would you agree, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I, again, that goes back to the core of just what legacy is. Legacy mm -hmm. is being able to demonstrate this to others in the future, teach them through practical means. And you know, we many of our books do that. A lot of our books, our authors, that's what they're getting into when they're talking about that. They're telling their story. How did I get here? What what led me through all of these steps? And then how did I lock in that internal focus? What when, where and when did I find what I really wanted to do to make this business, this company, or even just my participation in this company work? Because you don't always have to be a pure leader that don't be afraid to say my goal is to be a great COO <laughs> because there I have a few you know my podcast of people that are directly are COOs that talk about that was my goal and I've become a fantastic one I've, I've led four or five companies uh, we've got a good episode coming up with Cameron Harold that, that goes into that uh you have to be able to understand you know where, where do I want to be you can be a fantastic follower you can be a fantastic leader. The one thing you don't want to do, lead, follow, and get out of the way, is to get out of the way. <laughs> That's just the one you don't want to do. <laughs> but lead and follow. Don't be afraid of following. If following is what drives your heart, if you feel like you're a helper, if that's the kind of thing and you've mm -hmm. had the, had the uh, chance to take a cold B and it tells you that that's where you fit, don't be scared of that. There's great opportunity in that direction. Yes. And I like that you said that because sometimes people could hear something and then they could dissect it a different way. So I love that you just, you know, reiterated that because I want to make sure that we're speaking to, um, to those that are listening that really want to consume this. And whenever you also talk about building authority, I think knowing who you are and not what you are is a part of that authority building, which, you know, complements the legacy. So how can you help someone really build and drive authority for what they're doing? Well, to drive authority, you need to be able to communicate your authority. And that's where, in our case, publishing comes in, is we think that the best way to build your authority is to tell people why you're an authority. And once you do that, you then begin to establish yourself. I, I'm going to give you the answer. Of course, I'm going to give you, I think you should write a book. And I think everybody should write a book it, it, because at that point, you're going to be able to actually tell someone exactly why you are the person that should be considered an authority. And then you can begin to use that to build your authority even further. You then show up on podcasts like yours or mine. You then go and do public speaking. You then get out there and actually be able to communicate to people directly who you are. And that's the key point of it. It's all really goes back and is driven by communication. Communication is 100% key. Getting your message out there and defining yourself as the authority is what gives you authority. <laughs> Some people might say, catch 22. I, mean, I got I to gotta 
become an authority, to build authority, to have authority, it all interconnects with each other. It becomes kind of a synergistic ball that will always continue to rotate and build. Mm -hmm. So, so y'all, so what Andy is saying, and I'm going to say Andrew or Andy interchangeably because he's cool with that. So what <laughs> Andy is saying is your book then becomes your personal brand, which is your business card. That is a vehicle that allows you to get into certain spaces because then it marks you as a SME subject matter expert and then once you're in to certain places whether they're podcasts whether they're companies that want to hire you to come in and teach or coach or whatever the case may be or other um, areas that you may not have been afforded in because you did not have authority in that space. You now have authority because you have something that is tangible that could take that can take you further into certain dimensions, certain elements, and et cetera. And then the more you begin to build upon this area, the bigger your authority begins to grow because people now see you as knowing what you're talking about. And then that's opening up avenues for you and then before you know it, you're like oh my gosh I had no idea I had this authority but what were you doing and how can you take what you're doing to leverage that in order to help you build legacy so you have authority that's correlated to legacy and now that you have legacy you need to have that domino effect you have that rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And then while you're doing that, it's always good to grow. And when I talk about growth here, I want to talk about it at a holistic level, personally, professionally, physically, emotionally, and etc. Because you have to grow in all forms and facets in order for you to continue to keep up with that authority and to continue to build out your pipeline because you don't want your stuff to get stale and stagnant. Do you have any tips around that, Andrew? Oh, well, you should absolutely never become stale. <laughs> it, you, you, need, you absolutely need to be dynamic with growth. And you have to actually always be looking at how can I become more of, my, of what I am. Uh, there's a book that's called What Got You There Won't, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And when you, when you realize that as a fact of life, that what got you to where you are isn't going to get you to that next step, then you can always be looking at how am I going to grow? Now, you need to be careful. You can't sit there and say, okay, I've started a business and it's doing extremely well. And now I think that I need to just do light speed 200% every single quarter growth. No, you need to be able to actually step back and look and say, what logically are my steps? Where can I actually begin to grow myself? And I think that usually comes in the team. And mm -hmm. that comes into beginning to looking at who you're surrounding yourself with, whether even if you're a coach, even if it's a, if your own business that you're doing on your own, you want to look and see how can I get help? How can I build a partnership? How can I bring on team members that are going to complement what I do and begin to actually bring more brains into the room? Because once you get different points of view, once you get different partners, once you begin to build affiliate programs, once you begin to sell books, however it is that you do it, you're increasing your signal, number one, by having that. And But you're also increasing the number of people in the room that keep your message and keep yourself fresh. Mm, kind of like what you're doing with Leaders Press. You started at the ground and y'all built it up. You said y'all started with three people, right? We started with three. 
And how many people um, do y'all have now? Uh, I would say probably close to 100. Close to 100. And whenever you think about the mission statement that y'all had when you first started, is that the same mission statement that you have now with the growth that y'all seen? We have, we have grown it well beyond what our original one was. And our original one was very simple. We we're going to help turn your book into a bestseller. It was very, and we're going to do it tied to business and do it tied to leadership. It was simple North Star. It worked extremely well. But now we have begun to grow that beyond that scope. We're now saying, okay, not only are we going to help you with your book, but we're going to help you get seen. We're going to help you get into media. We're going to build programs that are going to let you know what you can do with the book. Because many people always ask the question, well, I have a book, what now? Mm-hmm. Well, now we help you a lot with the what now. What are those next steps? And those are things that we were able to do by building from a start, building it gradually, and beginning to look at what are our authors, clients, that have been successful, what are they wanting once they're out the door? What are they? What is their next step? And how can we help them with that? And we, the, the answer to that is we can help them either with direct help, as in we build our own staff, we build my podcast that we do, we build other things that we, we that help promote them, or we introduce them to people. We introduce mm-hmm. these authors to people that we know through our connections with groups like JVMM or the Genius Network or the Forbes Business Council that they wouldn't necessarily have connections to. Some of them aren't in those. And then we begin to build affiliate programs. And then those affiliate programs go back and the joint venture grows. So we have new partners. We have new partners we're referring people to. We're getting paid for those. They're getting paid for those. That begins just a ball of partnerships and growth. That's what I talk about in my book uh, that uh, came out uh, just last year, uh, Don't Buy the Watch. Building partnerships is more important, is the most important thing in sales. Don't sell just a product that is going to start devaluing the minute that it walks out the door like a Rolex. Sell a product that grows in value for the person that you sell it to and for you and continues Mm. to grow from there on out. Yes, because then you're going to keep that person within your pipeline, your ecosystem, and they're going to keep coming back because they see the value that they get out of the connection that they made with you. Man, those are some incredible gems that you just shared, Andrew. Thank you for dropping those. (laughs) Y'all, I hope you come (laughs) Yeah, we put our money where our mouth is. It's how it's how we built everything up from from three people to what we are now. And let's talk about some of the lessons learned because you know, whenever you're starting, there are growing pains, there's mm-hmm. um, points of struggle, and then et cetera. And I feel like sometimes people just see people who are successful and businesses that are successful, and they want to place you on a paddle pedal stool, but they forget to look beyond the surface and know that there were some start ugly moments. Can you talk about a lesson that you learned? whether it was with Leaders Press or during your transition period over to Leaders Press that helped you? Yeah, I mean, we're always, we ran into all kinds of, of growing pains uh, with Leaders Press. We still have them. <laughs> and that's that's the thing. Uh, one of our largest competitors, I'm not going to name drop, uh, the biggest name in hybrid publishing, you can go Google it, just went out of business. They were the people that were 100% our biggest competitor. They were there first. They'd been in it for longer. They had all kinds of big names. And they're gone because they weren't able to recognize some of the things that we're able to recognize. Mm -hmm. You always have to watch your overhead. You always have to understand that there are going to be occasional downturns. COVID was a surprise to everybody. And yeah, for us, it was a benefit because we were already a dispersed workforce working from home. So that didn't really hurt us. It did hurt our competitors. 
And our competitors did not try to transition to the same thing. They were just, we're going to go a year out of business and then we're going to keep doing what we're, we did before. So you have to understand you when you're in a, a situation like that, even if it's say like right now with the inflation in the United States, there's been a downturn. There's been a downturn in people that have actual disposable income or, or flexible income to be able to use services like ours. There was a downturn this summer. We didn't expect it, but we had to plan for it because we'd seen trends in the past where we knew where these things would go. So we were prepared for it so that we could weather it <laughs> where others were not. And they're not here anymore. We still are. Um, but those growing pains, that's, that's where I think the most growing pains come from is when you when you begin to plan growth, you see a path to the future that's perfect. It's rosy. It's a golden path. It's not going to be a golden path. Every once in a while, a tree is going to fall down in it. Every once in a while, there are things that are going to come and get involved and get, get involved in you traveling that path. That's the biggest lesson that we learned is always be ready to weather that and make sure that we just have those plans in place where if we have something that we're going to fail on, let's, let's fail on it. Don't throw bad money after, uh, don't throw uh, good money after bad transition it, drop a program that's not working drop your prices if you have to do the things that sound like they hurt but do them in such a way that you're preserving your workforce you're preserving your team that you're when you have to cut back you're not laying people off you're maybe cutting them down and mm -hmm. bringing them back up later those are things that keep you through keep your people whole and keep you on the path that you need to go through and thank you so much for just sharing that um lesson learned and I really like the fact that you just looked at weathering the storm as a whole and you're always looking at trends. What's going on around me? Competitive advantages, market analysis, what are um, what's the trend in the media and all of those things and factor that into your business and learn from that just so you could be sustainable. So I want to thank you so much for just sharing that because sometimes in life we go through these lessons, but if we don't hold on to the lessons that we that and keep them as learnings, then I feel like what was the point of going through that lesson if you just discard everything? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, another thing I want to bring bring to the forefront is writing a book, because um, that is part of this legacy building and this authority. So sometimes people are like, well, Genesis, you know, I don't really know what to write. I don't know if I have a book in me. Uh, Andy, um, I'm not a good writer. I hate writing. I hate typing. What would you say to those individuals? Because I feel like they're missing the mark by coming up with those BS excuses. And sorry <laughs> for my French, y'all, but you are. <laughs> Well, num number one, my, my email address is andrew.dupe at leaderspress.com. Talk to me about it. And I'm going to give you the, the great advice, but I'm going to start here before you do that, because I can tell you, you're you're the perfect person for us, if that's what you're saying. But you're saying, I can't do this. If you're saying, this is impossible. I've tried and I've failed. I don't have the time. There is, I don't know how to get the idea out. Yeah, you're, you're, you're my kind of people. Get Get with me. Uh, because that's so common and that's so many of the reasons, those, those are the primary reasons why people walk away from doing their book or let it sit for 10 or 20 years. What you need to do is look at it in the modern way, forget traditional publishing, that does not work anymore for nonfiction writers that aren't named Richard Branson, Elon Musk, or, or whoever is the big the big name now, uh, okay. or, or the random person that just happens to get lucky and they find. 
you need to begin to look at what does self-publishing and hybrid publishing offer me. And when you self-publishing, you're going to be doing everything yourself. So that may not necessarily be in your wheelhouse for the kind of person that you just described. But hybrid publishing exists. And hybrid publishing is something that has been growing. It's outstripping traditional publishing in nonfiction uh, writing right now. That was an article in Entrepreneur Magazine about two years ago that went into that. And think about the idea. All I need is help. If I can't write, if I'm not a good mm -hmm. writer, I may be a good talker. So all I need is a ghostwriter. Maybe I need it, all I need is an editor. If I can write, but it sounds like a word salad, yeah. but it's great stuff, maybe I just need an editor. Maybe I just need somebody to help me plan for the marketing of my book so that people can get out there and see it. And then you look at a company like ours, like Leaders Press, and you say, wow, that company offers all of those things in one package. <laughs> I don't have to outsource this piece by piece by piece at all. I can just go and I can talk to Andrew and well, heck, in, in 18 months, I've got a book. <laughs> so there, that is what I would say. Don't be afraid of help. Even if you're going to go self-publishing, don't be afraid of looking for help. Too many people think they can do everything themselves and then they run into the wall of how much work goes into publishing and they throw up their hands and they walk away. And then 10 years later, they realized they made horrible mistake because they missed out on something that they could have been making them all kinds of money for all of the time. Yes. And thank you for sharing it because I wanted to let them know there's help out there for you. We believe in you. We just need you to believe in yourself and get connected with the right people. And in the right time, you're going to have your book, that is going to drive authority to help you really build and walk out the legacy that is within you. All along, you just needed somebody to help you pull it out in order for you to, you know, materialize it and mature it. So now let's jump into the CTA. That is a call to action. So, Andrew, what is your call to action for the audience today once they hear this segment? Well, my call to action is really simple. I'm going to give a call to action that I hear on my podcast all the time. And these are from people all the way from people like J uh, Jeff Hazlett to J.D. Gershbein. You, know, you can go and listen to these guys, billionaires, millionaires. They all say the same thing. Uh, Hans Kirstead, and I'm going to drop one of the words that Hans uses. There's an F word in the middle of that. Just do it. <laughs> Hans would put an F in there. And that really is very important. You need to be able to just do it. One of the greatest things that happen is that someone comes across an idea that they really think is fantastic and they let it set. Or they think, I need to let this percolate or I'm not going to take the steps that I need to take right now to make this something that's going to be extremely successful. I'm going to build it up. It's better to actually take the risk at the very beginning of the opportunity to go into it with the idea of I just need to go ahead and shut up and do the darn thing. And that maybe that and maybe that's writing a book. That's why I'm in publishing, because for a lot of us, that's the concept of writing a book. Maybe it's starting a podcast and you say, well, gosh, nobody's going to listen to my podcast. Well, OK, if you're going to go from that point of view, then no one will listen to your podcast. <laughs> Congratulations. You just you just. You just killed your own dream right there yourself without actually trying to do it. So I highly recommend you find that why that is passionate to you. You find that thing that you actually care about. You see how you can do it. You budget it. You find out a way to market it. You feel like, how much am I going to need to invest in it? And then do it. And if you're going to fail at it, fail early and fail fast so you can move to the very next thing on your, on your opportunity list. Because that way, you're going to eventually find the thing that you are successful at. 
and that you wanted to do. And you're going to start from the right position. You're going to start with the assets that you can use to later on build that authority, build that legacy, bring in that attention, rather than saying, okay, I've been in business for 10 years. Now, how do I get people to notice me? Yes, love it. And share with them your email address one more time and that website. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can find us at leaderspress.com. Uh, we were early enough in the hybrid publishing list. We actually got our own domain name, no cyber squatters. So yes, we're at leaderspress.com. You can find me there. Uh, you can also find me directly at andrew.dupy, D-U-P-Y, just like it there on the screen, at leaderspress.com. Uh, drop me an email, drop me a line where I can schedule mm -hmm. a chat with you. We can talk for uh, 20, 30 minutes about a book idea or possibly about uh, coaching, uh, consulting opportunities, things that we can do to just help you or even connect you if it's not something that we do. We refer people out all the time. So absolutely, leaderspress.com is where it's at. Thank you so much, Andrew and Gemsters. You heard it here right here on Gems Podcast. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. And the video to this recording is on our YouTube channel. Go to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp to find out more info and keep on learning. And my big ask is for brand sponsors. Yes, it is paid sponsorship. And if that is you and you want to link arms with me where we go further and faster together and create those synergies send me an email all of my contact information will be in the show notes along with andrew doopies and until next time peace love and lots of blessings take a bet on yourself go hard go big or go home because we're not here to make those dreams Stay in the dream realm. We're here to make dreams realities and have you walking out and doing the damn thing. You got this. So stop playing it small. Do the damn thing.